0: This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Edquist and Luke Poling. They seem to have an invisible touch. Yeah.
1: Hello, kitties. We are going to have a good time together because we are going to dance like Uma Thurman. Indeed. We are. Uh, we are talking with Joe Troman from Fallout Boy about his, can we say rock and new memoir? None of this rocks.
0: Yes. Yes. I think we should, right?
1: I think so. Um, so I have some good news for you that I got an email about, I got the press release sent to me this morning. Oh. Uh, Jerry Harrison Mm -hmm. and Adrian Ballou, is that how you say it? I never know with him.
0: I, yeah, Bayan, Bayou, I don't know, but yeah.
1: Remain in Light 2023 U.S. Tour. Mm. So they will be performing, uh, a... Celebration of the Talking Heads Remain in Light Tour. Amazing. Um, just down the street from me. Doesn't look like they have announced uh, Détroit yet. Uh, Chicago, okay. Chicago. Indianapolis, Akron, some places.
0: Yeah, some spots.
1: Um, but they will... Uh, tickets, all go on sale this Friday. Okay. But... I, I put in the request to Great. see if we could interview because I feel like yeah. we have a lot of questions we could ask either one of them.
0: A uh, thousand percent, yes.
1: Did you ever find yourself living in a shotgun shack? Right. Did you ever think calling a band The Heads wasn't going to get you in trouble with the other guy in the band? I mean, one would wonder. One would ask that question. Mm-hmm. Feel like you might have screwed up the rock rock memoir thing Uh-oh. Like, like you, a, were, like like you were really it? on well you're just really honest and open and very truthful about it like well, dylan made everything up there's a much easier right. way to go than just <laughs> pouring out your actual true story and everything you've gone through to get to where you are
2: i suppose so making stuff up is hard though
1: that's but true yeah i that's suppose
2: awesome. i suppose his made-up stuff was were based on truths to a degree right um it's a different kind of hard, I think, to talk about stuff openly just because um, you have to be willing to allow people to read about that stuff. So, well, uh, and, and, and and that's something, sorry, uh, I was just going to say that's something that I didn't think about as much until after the book was about to come out.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you go, I mean, right it right out of the gate, you know, going in that you're like, this is going to be a conversation it's more like it didn't feel like you were reading it felt like we were sitting with you or like i was sitting with you and you were telling me this story which was amazing but right out of the gate it's like okay we're going here like this is going to be balls <laughs> to the wall no holds barred good bad ugly hilarious heartfelt everything in between and we're just we're just going to take this ride together and it was you i couldn't
2: put it down oh thank you so much well that means a lot at least it's engaging you know it's really funny. What's like ball to the wall for other people is normal conversation for me. So I realized how through uh, being raised, I was a uh, well, I was I was just raised to uh, not have a filter. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> or fortunately, Or well,
2: fortunately. yeah.
1: What right? well, it's was that a did you? I mean, you said you didn't think about kind of who was going to read this until you were done with it. Did totally. you? have any thoughts as you were writing it or as you are preparing to write it about how brutally honest do I want to be with this? Or was it just, I can't do this any other way? I don't
2: think I could do it any other way. I'm not sure how to, um, I really just don't, I don't really have a problem talking about myself openly. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I have a lot to be embarrassed about. Um, I'm an adult now. I have children. I feel like that's, what I set out to do one day was to have kids. So I've done the thing and everything else <laughs> is, is in the rear view uh, mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, so why not put it all out there? I guess maybe so they don't read it one day. But um,
0: but I feel like if they, when they when the time comes that they read it,
2: right? When they're old yeah. enough
0: to read it, they're going to know this already. You're going to have already told it to them.
2: I think for the most part, there's nothing in there. It's, I'm honest. But again, like I said, I don't think there's a whole lot of embarrassing in there, a whole lot of shameful. Uh, Again, I'm not I didn't write a book that was a bunch of um, a bunch of sex, drugs and rock and roll. Exactly. You know, behind the curtain stories. It's really, you know, it's it's a lot about my weird childhood and the perspective that I have received from that weird childhood. And then I pepper and fall boy stuff here and there. Maybe not as much as people would like, but I don't have a lot of bad things to say about my band members. So they're not going to get the, like, you know, uh, Charlie Watts book or whatever. <laughs> right. We're punching Mick Jagger, you know, <laughs> for calling him his drummer. Oh, I love
1: that story so it much. It's a great so, story. Uh, I think it was, we were actually recording when the the news broke. And I think mm-hmm. the first thing we did was like, have you heard this story? Because this yeah. is just the greatest music uh
2: it's really great it's it's it showed how cool of a guy he was to not even care that he was on a band with big jagger he didn't care (laughs) he had his own thing
0: it's fine whatever just dance
2: around it's good it's another gig it's the higher paying gig like the jazz gig more right right
1: well and at any what point in your life did you realize like this is not a traditional lifestyle was it when you were touring at 15 as a bassist for an instrument you, we should note, do not play, or at least did not play?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I still like barely play it. Let me just say that. I mean, like (laughs) I can play a bass, but I think when you put a bass in the hands of a real bass player, it shows how much I can't really play it really well. Mm. Um, That being said, I'm sure that's not why you had me on the show to talk about my bass skills. Um, When did I realize that it was not traditional? Um, When it became my life. I think at the beginning, doing whether it was, I mean, definitely when I was 15 and touring in the hardcore band, I didn't think it was my life. I thought still being a teenager was the majority of my life. And then when I started doing Fall Out Boy, it definitely was very bad. Nobody cared about it. It did not seem like a career. I never looked at it as a career. Um, I don't think it's the right way to approach doing a band because... Not a lot of career success in that industry. Um, but when I think our first like real indie album, Take This to Your Grave, took off and we were like really touring hard and never at home and gone for 200-plus days a year, that's when I was like, this is abnormal. I'm never sleeping. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what home is. I don't know how to like physically feel well because I just feel insane all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a signifier,
1: living in a van.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would sure. tend to be. Wow. Oh, God.
1: Oh, I was going to say, you know, you said there's not a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll stories in the yeah. book, but I love the, the the way you describe that kind of moment when you realize, like, oh, we're successful, mm-hmm. and that kind of looking out across the crowd and being like, wow, this is. You know, just the whole, that warped tour, or that warped summer mm-hmm. of playing in the parking lot at 11 a.m. to, you know, getting up towards the headlining spot. Just, I feel like not everybody can put their finger on, like, that was the moment. I knew that then that we had actually succeeded. Do you, did you guys at that moment, as you walk off stage, turn to each other and be like, I think we, I think we're successful?
2: I think there's a little... uh there's a little bit of knowing from all of us. I know for me, I just really vividly remember the change from like the show the day before, which had 10,000 less plus people to the next show. And I know in that time, our single sugar were going down one on the radio, one at MTV when that still mattered. And um, to see that impact in real time It was crazy. I can't imagine the rest of my band did not see that as well. Um, I don't recollect if we had a conversation about it. I think we were all living it in our own way. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. And like we, we knew we had become a big band, but I don't think anybody necessarily thought, well, now we're going to stay a big band because even when we went to make our next record after that, which wasn't really our second record, but it was our second major label record, which, to everybody in the world, is our second record. Um, there was that will they make it? Will they? Mo- will, yeah, will, will they not? Uh, are they going to blow it? Um, sophomore slump, of course. element. So,
0: I mean, even the way you describe that, it's so it's so vivid. Like to the readers too, like how that all came out and how that all came to be, and just remembering through all of it, like as I was reading it, just remembering that you guys, you're, you were still kids even at that mm-hmm. stage. Like you're still kids experiencing this like dream come true exploding. Like you said, in real time, which I can't even fathom, like my nieces and nephews being able to process that if they were going through it sure. or at the age group that you were. And than to- they
2: now, well,
0: now that they're ranging from, I mean, I've got littles that are six, but then mm-hmm. I've got the. That'd be
2: weird if they were experienced. It oh would be God. amazing <laughs> it'd be, if they were. It'd be strange. I mean, they're the ones most likely to.
1: They'd be unbearable. Really, the
2: six year olds? Yeah. Oh, completely. <laughs> are they on the cusp of success? But completely. <laughs> In fact, you're going to want to interview them.
1: Yeah, if this EP, they're if just this EP hits. They're gossip. i turn them over. Move yeah. over
0: Hanson Brothers. Move over everybody. <laughs> um, I mean, BTK can't
2: work anymore so well, yeah. let's get the little ones in there right sure. may
0: as well i mean yeah ch- we've
2: never had, i think as a society we've never had a problem putting too much on children's shoulders no, so let's just no. keep doing it let's
0: just keep doing it's it always let's go younger well. let's go yeah. yes more, more energy, difficult yeah they're Definitely more adorable. Like they're, you know, it's hard to That's argue true. how cute yeah. they are. So the posters are a lot crazy. Out of
2: their cuteness. That's true. Yeah, no, totally. It opens up like a lane for a lot of problematic things. I won't well, say that, that. It's, but, it's
1: always a happy ending, yeah. right? But really, Isn't what it? Does, Yes.
2: <laughs> maybe we should talk to Corey Feldman about that part. Oh, goodness. Yeah.
1: Can <laughs> we no, get but, him on
0: the line? Can we get him yeah, in? Yeah, get him I on think the we floor. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be amazing. It just took a turn the other way.
1: The other thing that's really cool is the way that you guys are kind of, you know, you said when MTV mattered, like you guys are right on the cusp as that was not becoming a thing. Did you guys get to go to the beach house and the TRLs and all of that? Yeah,
2: we did all of that stuff. Uh, and Yes, we were one of the last bands to do that. Um, we've been one of like the last bands to have guitar music on pop radio. Uh, Hopefully not the last, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting to like talk about the MTV stuff to uh, anybody because none of it matters anymore, but it used to matter (laughs) so much.
1: Yeah, (laughs) It used to be everything.
2: Having a video on MTV was a sign of huge success. There still are the VMAs, but like who's watching a music video unless it goes viral? So I don't really know. I'm not saying the music videos don't matter. Just they don't matter in the way that they used to. Um, There's so much information out there. It's unlikely you'll see most of them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's so strange. My head is still, my my body and brain, well, body obviously not, but my brain is still stuck in the time when that stuff mattered. It's stuck like in the 90s for the most part. I'm constantly reminded it's not the 90s. It's been a long time since the 90s.
0: Yes, they yeah, cut that <laughs> Yeah, yeah a little bit. Well, I you know, you're really, sort of Tyson, you know, your relationship with Scott Ian, you know, I was never an Anthrax fan, but mm-hmm. through MTV and VH1 and all of the, you know, list shows they did, he was always on there and yeah. always interviewed and was just the coolest guy that yeah. just by default, I became a huge Scott fan. And so just yeah. the stories of, your relationship and working together and all that were those were some of my favorite parts of the book just like yeah scott's the the best
2: (laughs) i like still don't understand why he supports me the way he does he's always been he's just so cool man he's he's a great friend he's been a great mentor um yeah he's done a lot of wonderful things for me and just just by virtue of uh doing a band with me you know Mm done a lot for my life but i I love the records that we made together and uh, yeah we were just texting the other day
1: i was gonna say what his what was his reaction i'm assuming you before the book told him that him saying to you oh you're you're looking a little little pale there was the thing that made you realize i need to stop living the lifestyle i'm living and get off pills and everything else um what was his reaction to that is that sort of like i'm assuming it brought you closer together or not sorry you there I, yep
2: yeah i lost it for a second oh i had the greatest uh, question ever yeah i, I know was I, won't it. I got like i got the i got the first half and i lost the second half uh
1: but did you talk to scott before the book came out about sort of how much he means to you as a person as a friend and the fact that he was the one that kind of gave you the I don't know if the impetus to say I gotta I gotta yeah change how I'm living
2: we didn't talk about it guys are really good at emotions oh (laughs)
0: completely yeah
2: (laughs) we're great we love talking about emotions with each other and uh really reliving trauma together we Mm -hmm. love that stuff Uh, (laughs) no we didn't talk about it um but he did read the book it's funny he sent me he read that part and he's like, yeah, I just read the part about where I told you to stop doing drugs. And he sent me a photo of like me on, I think, like the red carpet for like a Kerrang! award show with like literally a monkey on my back. Wow. <laughs> 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 like, and I'm not sure letter. if he was like being serious or making a, <laughs> making a joke because... It, it worked as a joke and Kinda it works also either way. <laughs> uh, was the time where I was very high all the time. So, um, yeah. But no, Key. Uh, now we're losing you. Now we're uh, good. There we
1: go. Just, nope. so, you got me? Yes. we no, got you.
2: Okay. Uh, Scott was just saying, uh, or I was just saying that Scott he did read my book. He had he said nice things, which allayed my fears. And then um, he even told me probably to stop being so hard on myself. But that's like a big part of the book, you know. Mm-hmm. It Can't is. lose, you going to lose its edge it if I is. remove that.
0: I know, but you are very hard on yourself. But it does make mm-hmm. you extremely lovable. I thought she wouldn't be
2: lovable otherwise, but. Aww. no, I don't think. Would. <laughs> I have to. Someone's. Got, I got to do it so nobody else can. That right. Block all, I block all entry. Oh, that is the
0: best form of attack.
2: Yeah, the self defense. attack. Yes. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. So it's so good for your mental state. Oh
0: yeah, years and years of therapy, and I still would much prefer to just self attack.
2: I don't listen. Yeah, to. it's easy. It's, it's an easy way easier. out. And it's yeah. hilarious it can be <laughs> yeah it can usually everybody has the fun other yeah everyone does it. everyone loves it when you self-flagellate yes. in public yeah. wonderful <laughs> yeah it doesn't make anyone feel awkward
0: no not for a second <laughs> not for a second so these locks of yours how yeah did they just always look like that or did that my... some products it i mean there's any... even better ones inside Man, my hair is naturally like that. It's amazing. Like, there are some doozies in here. Yes, you have a wonderful ode to all of your hair and all of its places towards the end of the book, which (laughs) I
2: will not spoil for future readers. Yeah, no, I talk a lot (laughs) about my body hair, my head hair, mostly my body hair. But yeah, I have a lot of hair. It's a blessing and a curse. I don't think I'm going to go bald, but, like, most of the time my hair looks pretty weird because it just... I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It just puffs out in weird places. It's kind of like baby chicken fluff. I mean, right now it's like very like Poindexter hair, just sticking up crazy. I know, I I'm may looking may at end. it our, on our Zoom. Um, yeah. But again, won't go bald probably. So, oh,
0: and it's probably good to me girls. going bald. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it gives your girls like great stuff to work with. For, like, I
2: feel like
0: oh, fluffing your hair
2: would have a wonderful time with my hair. Feel mm-hmm. like it was given to the wrong person, <laughs> but again, not going to go ball, So
0: No. Yeah. They can get some bows in there and tie up and make it. My look daughters would love pretty. to put bows in my hair. Right. One of my
2: daughters does.
0: See. Yeah. So it's the right there for them. Like your own for personal a, Barbie hair. Like I'm your a, own personal Barbie head.
2: I'm the living smelly doll.
0: Yes, it's perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so have you? I know you guys, the Fallout Boy. You were out on the road for hell omega you're just Mm in europe correct yes are are you guys still working together writing stuff or you just like and that still in that uh we need to get away from each other for a little bit after the tour um
2: we're always passing stuff around uh like illnesses (laughs) (laughs) but also creative stuff um but um no, we're not working on anything specific. We're just... Uh, everybody is uh, in family mode or if they have other projects outside of the band focusing on that stuff right now. But we will uh, get the literal band back together. Uh, I'm sure we'll do more like next year. Probably not a lot this year.
1: Mm. Have they read the book? I'm assuming they have.
2: I gave them the book. Uh. I gave them the book early. I gave them like an early manuscript. One that was like everything, but probably just not super edited. Um, By edited, I don't mean like editing big chunks out. I just mean like cleaned up and dramatically and things like that. Um, I got a bunch of thumbs up emojis back. I think like one one of the members definitely read some of it, maybe all of it. And then I don't know about the others.
1: Because it seems like a nice way to... I think you, you do a very good job of owning your own, where you were at that time in your headspace and mm-hmm. the way you interacted with them. Plus, it was a nice like, way to be like, "Hey guys, can we maybe go back to the guitar stuff and let's yeah." <laughs> um, yeah, I was just wondering how that went over with them. If they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah," we uh, should get rid of the synth, or were you guys had that conversation of to be to be
2: determined.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Cool. You know,
2: yeah, uh, I don't. um, I'm not the boss of the band. Um, Um. I'm just a loud vocalizer, (laughs) which, you know, again, the more you uh, vocalize a problem, the less people take it seriously. But that being said, who knows? Hopefully that'd be cool. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to smirch albums of the past. Uh, I love like a lot of the stuff that we did uh, after our hiatus. Uh, I love the experimentation the ways in which we use sampling and the co-writes brought out interesting stuff that would have never come out otherwise and we had additional hit songs because of that and it's prolonged our career so no i'm very happy with all of that but it would be cool to get back to basics but not in a basic way you know we can't make cork tree again we right. could that's not the kind of band we are we're not looking back we're always trying to look forward so if we did a guitar album again uh it would have to be fall out boy in 2020 whatever year you know what i mean it has to be be modern and current it would just have to it it couldn't sound like a nostalgia well
0: don't you think it would have if you made cork tree again or again for the first time it wouldn't resonate the same as it did in that
2: era either no, even though like early-aughts emo has become popular again in a right. weird way, but no, I don't okay. think as an entry point it would matter. Mm-hmm. Like People might even like it, um, but not in a big way. It's already been done. The movement happened. Okay. So uh, it's over. <laughs> For now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what about some of your other projects? I know you talk in the book about pitching TV shows and other you know, kind of creative avenues you've been going down. Mm-hmm. How's all of that stuff going? You still pursuing those?
2: Yeah, uh, I release a, a six issue arc of a comic book through Heavy Metal Magazine that's going to come out. I I don't exactly know when either late this year or early next year as a trade, so you can people will be able to buy it outside of the magazine. It's called The Axe. Uh, and then um, working on something for Image Comics. I uh, do have uh, a show I've been developing over at the network for a while. And it's been going well, see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Developing other things here and there. Um, so, yeah, I'm still doing all of it. it. It's all slow, you know, it's a slow, oh, slow yeah. world. Yeah, it is a slow And world. it's a slow, not just like music, not a guaranteed world. Mm-hmm. Though with music, you can pretty easily these days record uh, yourself and release things yourself. Whereas, um, it's much harder in all those other industries to whether it's self-publishing or definitely very hard to make a TV show unless it's I don't know the cheapest thing ever. I don't know how you'd make it good. I don't know. Sure, somebody could, but it's hard to do that stuff without uh, a lot of money and um, just a lot of people behind you.
0: How do you keep yeah. patience in that? Like, how do you have the patience to power through on it?
2: Um, because it like doesn't happen fast enough. So it could create impatience. Um, I do a lot of things. I have like a lot of projects going on at once. So if there's a dead zone in one, there's probably something to do somewhere else. Um, I, have done so many that I don't have the time to do more. (laughs) Uh, if anything, I've had to like cut back so I can have more time for my kids uh, and my wife as Borat would say. <laughs> um, and uh, so, but yeah, for a while it was like the hurry up and wait was really hard, especially when I'm so used to the DIY method of punk rock and hardcore. Right. Um, just getting it, getting it done quickly and on your own. And even um, as Fall Out Boy got bigger and was able to retain more control over what we were doing within the uh, major label side of the industry, uh, we still were able to kind of like really um, again, like control how quickly things would happen. We were able to be at the wheel more. So with these other things, I'm like not really in that much control. Um, if, if anything, I'm just lucky that things have gone as well as they've gone, but I can't guarantee whether they're going to continue to go well.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess... Uh, the big question in some ways is, what did your wife make of the book? Obviously, she knew all the stories, but seeing it all laid together in 200 pages.
2: She says what she means, and then she says it plainly and quickly. She's like, it's great. What <laughs> <laughs> She said, and then like, I was like, maybe she doesn't like it. And then like <laughs> a, a mutual friend was like, nah, she said all these nice things about it to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how it works. She says it to you, but. I just get the like it's great and I'm like what's the hidden meaning here? what's between the lines what do you mean it's great mm. I mean it's greatly disappointing is that what you mean right uh, but no, I greatly think, yeah,
1: embarrassing I mean,
2: greatly embarrassing yeah. greatly shameful I'm greatly divorcing you <laughs> what is gonna happen um but no yeah it's been like uh, overall I'm like pleased with the response to the book um it like i said it's been definitely uh an exposing experience and i think with that exposure comes the um kind of jerk reaction to shy away at times mm-hmm. but you know i haven't gotten a bunch of aid for it uh I'm surprised at how it's been reviewed and uh i'm just happy and i'm happy anyone likes it so
1: well it's something i'll take what i get
2: Ooh, mountains, I can walk.
1: None of This Rocks by Joe Troman is available right now wherever you get your books and might be just a nice independent bookstore. For more information on what Joe and the rest of Fallout Boy are up to, check out their website, falloutboy.com.
0: You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com and don't forget to leave us a review.
1: Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant producers are John Survey and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together.